Distributed denial-of-service attacks, they're not necessarily what you think they are. Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about DDoS today with Darren Anstey. He's the Chief Security Technologist with Arbor Networks. Darren, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So, Darren, you're on record as saying that DDoS today is both misunderstood and underestimated. So I want to explore this and ask you first, how does the news media misrepresent DDoS attacks? I think the media tend to focus on what we call volumetric attacks. As these tend to have nice big numbers associated with them, and that to an extent makes them very newsworthy. Volumetric attacks um, are all about saturating internet connectivity. They effectively use brute force to achieve their goal, and we've seen some big organizations being successfully targeted by those kinds of attacks in recent times, and you know that makes them even uh, more newsworthy. Um, Top-end volumetric attacks have grown significantly over the past few years, and you know we now see attacks up at around the 500 gigabit per second um, level, when just a few years ago, a 100 gigabit per second attack would have been um, very unusual. What we have to remember, though, is that um, volumetric attacks, they are newsworthy, they are you know, uh, big numbers, but they are only one of the kinds of attacks that are actually out there. There's also TCP state exhaustion and application layer attacks, and these haven't gone away. And they target different aspects of our infrastructure which need protecting in different ways. And the media in many cases seems to have forgotten that you know, these, kinds of exact, um, um, these, these, these kinds of attacks actually exist. We'll expand on that a little bit, if you would, please. What do we misunderstand about the nature and scale of today's DDoS attacks? Um, so I think there are a couple of things here. Uh, firstly, if we look at you know the volumetric side of things again, um, as I mentioned, there tends to be a focus on how fast the largest attacks are growing in terms of size. Um, this is interesting. Again, it's very no, um, it's um, very newsworthy. But most organisations would be unlucky to be hit by a 500 gigabit per second attack. There just you know aren't that many of them going on out there. What's more important to business is how many attacks there are out there that can saturate their internet connectivity. And this, unfortunately, is a key problem because the number of these attacks is growing quite rapidly. Just to illustrate that, um, if we look at data from um, Arbor's Worldwide Infrastructure Security Report, then in 2014, 20% of our respondents saw attacks above 50 gigabits per second. In 2015, nearly a quarter had seen attacks over 100 gigabits per second. And this really illustrates the growth here. And there are enormous numbers of attacks now in the 5 to 50 gigabit per second range. And that's more than enough to saturate the connectivity of you know, most enterprise organizations. So um, kind of coming back to your question there, so that, that was kind of the first thing uh, or the first area where I think things are misunderstood. The second one is really around this concept of the more stealthy application layer attacks. And as I mentioned before, the media seems to have forgotten about them, but unfortunately attackers haven't. Um, application layer attacks are still a big problem. There are probably more of them out there now than there ever have been. And on top of this, you know, anecdotally, we're also seeing more what we call multi-vector attacks. And these are the attacks where the attackers are combining combinations of different attack vectors together uh, simultaneously against the same target to increase their chances of success. And again, um, this year's infrastructure security report echoed what we've been hearing from our customers with uh, 56% of our respondents telling us that they'd seen these more sophisticated multi-vector attacks during 2015. So Darren, misunderstanding is one thing, but how does misunderstanding then potentially impact organizations' DDoS defensive strategies? I think what it can do is it can make us feel that we've solved a problem when we really haven't. 
Um, the focus on volumetric attacks means that many people view DDoS purely as a volumetric problem, um, and hence they look for solutions that are designed to deal with that problem. Uh, cloud or service provider-based DDoS protection services are needed to deal with volumetric attacks. There's, there's no other way of dealing with them. But they're not enough on their own to protect, um, from, you know, to, to protect an organization from all aspects of the DDoS threat. To get full protection from DDoS, organizations need a layered approach, a combination of a cloud or service provider service and an on-premise component. Um, one common question we get when we when we say this at conferences and things like that is, you know, is why? Why do we need this layered approach? Because cloud services, you know, can mitigate the more sophisticated application layer attacks. Well, the key problems here are all down to granularity of visibility and speed of reaction. Cloud and service provider services can deal with the more stealthy attacks once they know they're going on, but they might not notice them proactively before there's actually an impact to service. And there can also be a delay in these services coming on stream, you know, um, when the end customer um, just decides to activate them. And all of these things mean that um, end customer infrastructure is exposed to attack. And the potential then is that some damage can be done, which leads to a long service recovery time, which is uh, obviously what we're trying to prevent. So cloud uh, or service provider-based services on their own do provide good protection, but they don't fully protect our service availability. And I think it's a key area that many organizations need to look at more closely, this, near, this um, need for layered DDoS defense. Well, we've talked about the misunderstanding. Let's get into the topic of underestimation. How do you see that we're generally underestimating the complexity and the strength of the latest DDoS attacks that you see? I think there's lots of things here, but I think the key thing is that the people targeting us are really looking to achieve a goal, um, whatever that might be, um, and they will innovate to achieve it. Um, they'll use combinations of attack vectors, as, as I've already mentioned. Uh, they'll tune the attacks that they're using based around their knowledge of our infrastructure, things like that. And we need to ensure that our defenses can really cope with this. Uh, with layered DDoS defense, we have a cloud or service provider-based service to deal with the high-magnitude volumetric attacks. We have an on-prem component that can proactively deal with, you know, all forms of attack that might target us, regardless of, you know, how stealthy they are. And that gives us the ability to protect our infrastructure and protect our service availability. Ideally, when we're using these layered defenses, they really need to be integrated together as well, because um, that gives us the ability to exchange information between the layers, and that makes things work in a much more seamless way. It, it speeds up the whole process. It reduces the chance that, um, that anything will go wrong. And again, ideally, we need these layers to be being fed information on you know, the latest kinds of attacks that are out there, because if we are forearmed against anything new that might target us, um, then we can do a better job at defending our organizations, defending our businesses. Fundamentally, DDoS is um, a solvable problem with the right solutions and services in place. We just need to make sure that we understand the complexity, as you said, and understand the best kinds of defenses for dealing with the attacks that are actually out there. So over the past few years, we've focused a lot on DDoS originating from hacktivism, DDoS being used as sort of a nuisance attack. How do you see these attacks commonly being launched against enterprises today beyond hacktivism and nuisance? Yeah, so that, that's actually something we hear a lot. When you ask people about what they believe is behind the attacks that are likely out there today, you still get um, hacktivism being mentioned as a key one, um, you know, because people remember all of the news around, you know, various ideologically motivated groups a few years ago. Um, hacktivism is still a problem, but it's far less prevalent than it was. And the key motivations behind DDoS attacks now tend to be around things like extortion and distraction. 
On the extortion side of things, over the past couple of years, we've seen, uh, for example, a big rise in attacks targeting Internet startups. They obviously are a good target because their whole business model is based around online availability. And of course, um, everyone's familiar with the attack campaigns from DDoS for Bitcoins, uh, the Armada Collective, uh, targeting financials, media organizations uh, all around the world through 2015 and um, you know, through the start of this year as well. The second perhaps bigger problem, though, um, with DDoS is in the increasing use of DDoS as a part of um, a more orchestrated attack campaign, um, as a distraction or a smokescreen, if you will. Um, it's become very common now for DDoS attacks to be used both to disguise malware infiltration and also data exfiltration. Um, it's effectively being used to mask the attacker's true purpose. So these days what we have to be aware of is that a DDoS attack might be launched to achieve a goal, either directly or indirectly. Um, you know, there's a wide range of reasons now behind the attacks that are out there, and we need to be kind of cognizant of the fact that, that we could be attacked at any time. It's very easy to launch a DDoS attack. There are lots of services out there that allow people to do that. Um, you know, they don't need a really big reason anymore. But as I said, the two big ones that we see at the moment are extortion and distraction. Well, given this landscape, how do organizations today need to tailor their, their defenses so they can respond more effectively to DDoS? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, um, enterprises really need to ensure that they adopt the, you know, the widely regarded best practice, I suppose, of layered DDoS defense. And when they do this, uh, they need to ensure that they select a solution that's proven to deliver the protection their business needs. What I really mean by that is, you know, you can't simply trust the data sheets. What you need to do is ensure that you select a solution that can mitigate attacks without becoming a part of the attack surface itself. Some solutions um, talk about dealing with DDoS as a kind of a second element to what they do, and in many of those cases, um, they have vulnerabilities within the way that those solutions work that mean that they can actually be DDoS themselves. So it's important when you're selecting a solution to make sure that that isn't the case. The second thing to ensure is that when you do select a solution, it needs to be being constantly updated based on research and visibility into, you know, attack evolution. And that's something where um, something that Arbor excels at. We have a lot of visibility into what's going on out there around the threat space, around attack evolution. And we're constantly feeding that into both our cloud service and into our um, enterprise solutions to make sure that they, they can do the best job possible at protecting our customers. As I mentioned before, you know, we can protect ourselves from DDoS attacks as enterprise organizations if we understand the nature of the threat and put the right solutions in place. It isn't a well-understood uh, you know, uh, problem. Well, that's a great transition to talk about what Arbor Networks is doing. Darren, how are you helping your clients to better understand and respond to DDoS? I don't know if you know this, but Arbor was basically founded on some research, um, and we've continued our investments there um, into um, the ACERT, our research team within Arbor. And they leverage a unique level of visibility into the Internet um, that we have based on data shared with us by about 330 of our service provider customers every hour. And this, this, this visibility is known as our Atlas system. And this, this view gives us, um, you know, the ability to see into about a third of all Internet traffic. And that can really help our research team, our research team, understand what's going on out there. And we can use that insight to deliver both um, human and machine-readable threat intelligence to help our customers deal with attacks. So on the one hand, we're using our visibility, we're using our research capabilities to feed information into our customer base to make sure that they know what's going on, they know what to expect, and to automatically enable their solutions to deal with the latest attacks. 
more broadly as well as that. And we also do share some of this data um, with the broader community. So we share threat briefs weekly on what's going on out there. And we share data with things like the digital attack map, which is um, the Google Ideas project to give visibility into the global DDoS problem. And obviously, we also produce the Worldwide Infrastructure Security Report, which is designed to be a repository for the broader operational security community to see what's going on out there, um, understand how threats are evolving and what people are doing to actually uh, counter those threats. On a more personal note, um, my group at Arva is kind of all about this. It's all about providing insights into what's going on out there um, at conferences, to the media, things like that. And as an organization, Arva is fully committed to sharing um, what we know, I suppose, to allow organizations to better defend themselves. There a final question for you. Where do you advise organizations to start just in assessing their own DDoS readiness right now? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And the key, I think, is to understand the impact a successful attack could have. Um, you also need to know about how likely you are to be attacked. But the most important one here is understanding the impact that the attack could have. Organizations really need to get a good grip on that right the way up to the board level, You know, really understand um, how dependent they are on internet connectivity for day-to-day -day business operations. Once that understood, um, it becomes much easier to measure the impact of an attack, the cost, if you like. And, you know, it can be very high um, from a, you know, a lost revenue perspective or brand damage, reputation damage, things like that. And this is really where businesses need to start in assessing their DDoS defenses. They need to understand what the impact overall would be if they were the victim of a successful attack. Many businesses start by trying to assess the risk of attack, and that's something that's much, much harder to identify, um, as attacks can be launched very easily by virtually anyone for any reason. I already mentioned that. There are, you know, very, uh, there are tools you can download, there are services you can pay very small amounts of money to, to carry out DDoS attacks. So it's very easy to launch a DDoS attack against anyone for any reason. So trying to assess the risk of being attacked is much more difficult. It's, it's much better to start by assessing the impact of the attack and then work from there because um, you're working from something that's not an arbitrary estimate, fundamentally. Well, Darren, that's great advice. Thank you so much for your time and your insight today. Okay, thank you very much. The topic has been DDoS. I've been speaking with Darren Anstey, Chief Security Technologist with Arbor Networks. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.